Hello and welcome to another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. This is your host, Mark Hirons, and today we're having a look back at one of my old interviews with a guy called Brad Burton. He's the UK's number one motivational speaker, now with four self-help and guidance books underneath his wing. Brad is still someone I very much look up to. He has an incredible story of how he turned his life around, from drugs and being on the dole to the UK's number one networking organisation. Now this is not a new chat with him, uh, so it is a bit old. He has released his fourth book since. I think I chatted to him probably either late 2015 or early 2016. Um, Probably late 2015. I think this is one of my favourite chats from the old podcast. Um, I really hope you enjoy it too. And here is Brad Burton. How are you today, Brad? Kicking ass as always, Mark. Yeah. Kicking ass. <laughs> so let's talk about your three books. Um, so get off your ass, get off your ass too, and life business just got easier. That's right. <laughs> so what made you decide that your story was good for a book? Well, you know, I um, the whole thing about this is when I started my business off, twenty-five grand in debt, no income, wife that wanted to go and get a proper job. Um, you know, I thought the reality of running your business was private number plates, fish tanks, and spinning chairs. The reality of running a business at that early days was low sales, no sales, depression, and in my case, a whinging wife. There was no book on that. There is now. It's called Get Off Your Ass. And I just looked for a book about the reality of what a struggle that starting a business off um, it sort of encompasses, and it just didn't exist. And I thought, why on earth is there not a warts at all version of what it's like to, to, to start a business off? And it didn't exist, and it just it just felt an obvious move for me. Um, to write a book like that because one didn't exist. And I think, in some respects, Mark, what I wanted to do was to um, to almost like a diary entry and capture that whole time of my life, you know, which was 2007, 2008. And that's what the book's done. It's captured that. And it's the highest rated um, uh, and reviewed five-star book on Amazon, uh, business book on Amazon. And it's just like... You know, just not the first few reviews with my friends and my family, but the rest of the 300 five-star reviews are all real. And, and I managed to capture the zeitgeist, I think I pronounced that right, uh, the zeitgeist of what it's like, or zeitgeist to, of what it's like to run a business. And, and it's just something, it just managed to get that sweet spot. And I think from a personal level, what I wanted is I wanted a, bit, a book to give me credibility, I suppose, as well. Because yeah. I was coming into the field there where nobody really knew me. And people were dismissive of me. And actually, with a book uh, under my belt, it was, it was a lot more difficult for people to be dismissive. How, how long does it take you to write the three books? Um, probably about 12 weeks each, something right. like that. But what you've got to do there when you write the book, you've got to do all your planning beforehand. Right. You've got to do all your planning beforehand because um, what where people go wrong is they put fingers to keyboard. Um, and actually what you should do is to uh, is to do all your planning. So it takes about, I don't know, I've been planning my latest book, my fourth book, for the last two years, if I'm honest, when I'm not planning, getting my thoughts together. So I'm actually in the process of writing book four at the moment as well. Yeah, I heard about that before. What's it going to be about and what's it called? Yeah, come on, now right. what? So if you think about my story arc, Get yeah. Off Your Arse, which is all about starting a business off with nothing, and then you've got Get Off Your Arse 2, which is me sort of telling people how they can use the stuff that's in the background um, rather than run away from your background, actually embrace your background because your background makes you what you are today. And then you've got the life business just get easy, which is really about the, the, the rise and rise and rise, then the fall of me, and then the re-rise again. And the final book, well, I say the final book, my, my fourth book is going to be called Now What? Uh, which I think is a really provocative question, really. Uh, now what? And it's not, not, also not, not only now what for me, but also now what for the reader because... I think it's a really good question to ask yourself at any point in your life when you're ever struggling with a particular problem, whether it's in business, whether it's in life, whatever it be, always ask that question, now what? Then you'll be able to find your answer and actually work out what your next steps are. Perfect. So is there like a date for the book for? <clears throat> yeah, November, I think, mate. This oh, is, in all fairness, it was supposed to be um, May. Yeah. It's supposed, be, it's supposed to be last November, then May, and actually somewhere along the way, I sort of struggled to find out now what for me really and then I've just had a massive bit of clarity I suppose based on what's happened over the last couple of weeks which you may or may not be aware of yeah, yeah. It's, right <laughs> yeah, so step, stepping down as managing director for networking the network that I started uh, 10 years ago yeah, yeah. Um, I'll ask you about it a bit later but uh, do, you mind, do you mind 
tell me about your story and um, sort of how, how does it feel to be on struggle um, and have sort of be unmotivated and on the dole and uh, yeah. being dragged out of it? Well, you know, I, I, so what people who tune into this may or may not know yeah. is I've done four years in total on the dole. I've been addicted to drugs twice. And you've got to work really hard to get addicted to drugs <laughs> twice. Um, I don't have a qualification to be not one. Um, one of my businesses, Four Networking, I think it's 1.7 or 1.8 million quid last year. Um, wow. You know, and this is the thing, is that I've managed to create something. Here's the thing. You know, my teacher said to me, it never amounts to anything. And up until about 10 years ago, he was absolutely right. But I changed. I changed. And every single one of you, any single person listening to this can change also because it's never too late to change direction. And I was always, you know, I was always, the, the teacher was right 10, 11 years ago. Um, uh, and I was always really good at whatever I applied myself to, whether it was channel girls, <laughs> whether it was being Mr. Cool in the nightclub, whatever it was, I, I, I did. I applied myself. I was always really good at it, but I applied myself in the wrong areas. And what I've done over the course of the last 11, 12 years is I've started to focus myself on a completely different, more positive um, mission. And that's the reason I managed to turn my life around. Because I'm still the same dickhead that I was 10, 20 years ago, but the difference is I've applied myself. I, I always had the right ingredients to be a success, but my recipe was all wrong. Get this That's fine. That's fine. Hello, mum. I'm on a call. I'll ring you back. Here. There you go. <laughs> Sorry, John. It's all right. So, so how how does it sort of feel? Um, how does it feel? With, I don't know what sort of uh, what the everyday life struggles. Back then. Yeah. As a as a business owner, or before that. Um, before that. You know, I you come from council states. Back yeah. then, been on the dole. I know money. Always skin. You know. Um, and I think here's the thing I wouldn't change a single thing about that not a single mm. thing because the worst day of my life was back in 1993 and I got two bullets put through my window over in Manchester and I moved away from Manchester and, and, it, and it made no sense at the time and it was the worst day of my life without question the worst yeah. day of my life everything that was so important the day before all went to shit and if it wasn't for the worst day of my life, I wouldn't be on this podcast to you. I wouldn't have written three books. I wouldn't have been living in a nice village in Somerset. I wouldn't have a business. I wouldn't be a top motivation speaker. I wouldn't. So everything happens for the reason, even the shitty stuff. So when I think back to my life, you know, nobody chooses a, a bad life. Nobody ever sets out and says, you know what, I'm going to go and have a shit life. It doesn't happen like that. But what happens is we fall into it. And I fall, fell into a trap when I believed that my life was just what it was. I never had control of my life. And over the course of the last 10, 11, 12 years, I've actually started to actively get control of it. So, you know, my, my life back then was, um, you know, living on Tesco's beans and waffles, you know, not really looking after myself. Yeah. Smoking, maybe, drinking, whatever. You know, it just was not a positive life. And actually, somewhere along the way, over the course of the last six or years, I've managed to turn my life around. So, uh, how, how do you feel today then? Um, yeah, motivational speaker, not number one motivational speaker, um, yeah. kids you know, and family. The, is, Mark, the reason I'm the number one motivational speaker is I said so on my website, I just made it up. And here's the thing you know, you go and Google the UK's number one motivational business speaker, and guess what? You'll find 20, 30, 40 pages about people eulogizing the buyer. And I always say to people, somewhere along the way, you've got to create future history, you've got to tell people what you're going to go and do and go and do it. And this is what I did before networking. When I started before networking, if I said, hey, welcome to the Future Business Networking, and people laughed in my face. People told me I'd get it wrong. And if I listened to those people, it'd been absolutely right, but I ignored them. And how it feels now for me is I feel, I mean, I'm not religious, but I feel blessed. I feel absolutely blessed to have, to have managed to chart a course through, you know, some, through some rocky waters, or some, you know, some, some stormy waters yeah. to... To get to where I am now, which is I've got peace of mind, complete peace of mind now. And it's something what I always say to people, you know, what happens as a business owner, you think that money is the answer to your problems. If you get a load of money, everything fixes up. That is not the case. Because I was in, I was making a whole lot more money three years ago. But I was miserable. So on a scale of one to ten, ten being happy, one being miserable, I was like two or three. I was just miserable. 
So money is not the answer. What I say to people is, is about seeking out happiness. Once you get happiness, you know you can be you can be rich and unhappy, and you can be you can be happy and and, and you know and poor. So I would say fundamentally, if you get that internal peace right with yourself, that's a whole lot better. And that's what I've got, and that's how I feel right now. I feel happy. I feel elated. I feel um, I feel in some respects vindicated because you know I was laughed at throughout this entire. 10, 11 year process by a lot of people. Mm. People said I had no chance. But I didn't listen to those people. And those people ain't laughing anymore because I've surpassed them. It just shows you can do things your way. Perfect. Thank you very much. Um, so you mentioned your books about creating buying conditions. Mm. Um, this is where people buy it. Yeah. Could you explain a bit more about that and tell sure. what you mean? So, you know, you can't bore someone into a sale, right? Right. You can't bore someone into a sale. And I've seen people who try to sell products and services to people that aren't interested. And then they get frustrated that people aren't interested. So what they do put more stat statistics and information on people aren't interested. So what you've got to do is create the conditions where people buy. So I'll give you an example. I do something called Brad Camp, which yeah. is an all-day event with me, spending uh, an entire day with me. I don't sell it to anyone. I don't sit there telling people the benefits and the features of Brad Camp. I send the link out there on social media. I'll email someone say, oh, based on the conversation, have a look at this link. And that's it. And then that either does a good enough sales job or it doesn't. Now, unless you're a superstar salesperson and you can close people, don't try closing. You need to create the conditions where people buy. And I'll give you an example. Mm. I've got an iPhone 6 here. I never went into the Apple store and said, hello, young man, can you tell me the benefits and the features of the Apple iPhone 6? Didn't do that. I said, hello, mate, does it do this, this, and this, and plan reverse for 69 pence? Yeah, I'll take it 514 quid. Done. You don't need to sell stuff that people want. So that's what you've got to do. Spend that time, spend that energy and get a product that people want rather than this product that you've got to sell. That, you know, now, some people who are experts in the game will say, well, actually, what you need to do is sell. I've never sold a thing in, in the last 10 years, but I've had lots of people buy stuff. So it's a fundamental flip. And one of the things I'd say to you is, and I always say this when I'm doing networking events, uh, asked for a show of hands and I spoke today at a four networking event, 36 people there, and I asked for a show of hands and said, who in the room likes being sold to? Not a single hand went up. Yeah. I said, who in the room likes buying every hand went up? So it's just a complete flip. You know, if I said to you, I would just want you to now repeat a word when I say, right, when, when, what this word evokes. If I said coffee, you'd say? Tea, sorry. If I said salt? Pepper. Okay, if I said uh, TV? Video games? PlayStation 4? For Xbox. Yeah. Business. Right. Some people turn on and think twat. <laughs> right? Yeah. And that's the point is that some people will go, oh yeah, Tonga had or whatever. So you've instantly got an uphill struggle to work with. So so this is why I say, you know, unless you are a salesperson, don't sell. Now bear in mind, if you're running your own business, guess what? You're a salesperson. <laughs> so somewhere along the way, you've got to sell. So there's a dichotomy here. I'm hitting you with to say, well, hang about. So on one side, you're saying, don't sell. On the other side, you're saying, you're a salesperson because you wouldn't, you know, and both statements are absolutely correct. So, like I say, create conditions where people buy instead of you selling. So, yeah, you use a lot of uh, social media um, pretty much all the time. Uh, how, how often do you tweet a day? Uh, 179 on average. Wow. I've got, That's the impressive. Only, the, only, the only account on Twitter that has got more tweets than me, is Xbox Helpline. <laughs> True story. So, you know, I, I'm just, it, it keeps me sane. It allows me to unload my thoughts. And also, what it allows me to do is to, is to evolve and also come up with ideas. So what I'll do is like a real-time uh, focus group. I'll put a tweet out there. If it gets 20 retweets, you know that that's a good, you know, statement or quote that you put out there. If it gets no retweets, you know that people don't like it. So what I'll then do is the ones that get lots of them, I'll then take that and I'll put it into my new book. So that's how I do it. So it's like, a, I'm, you know, that's people are just a, a social media dickhead just, just <laughs> out there. I'm using it strategically, even though it doesn't look like it. That's good. In fact, that's a good one, that. I'm having that. I'm that now. <laughs> so how do you how do you market your own brands, like the Brad Camps and stuff? <laughs> yeah, I you know, I... Um, the kind of guy I am now is just, I'm just, what you call it, I just, 
I just talk to people, I infuse yeah. people by, by giving them lots of content, lots of good stuff for free. You know, if you go to my, my Twitter, I'm selling nothing. Mm. Yeah, people buy. I'm selling nothing. You know, I, I put a bread camp on there. I don't, I don't hammer it. And people, all my bread camps are filled up. So I've spent the last 10 years creating a crowd. I've, I've built a crowd. Now, now, now they're buying from me, whereas most people go, okay, so you could be as good a speaker as me or, you know, or anyone could be a, good, a better speaker than me, but without the 10 years heritage, you've got no chance. So that's what I've done, is I've built the crowd up over the last 10 years, and that's, that allows me to, to, to make sure it happen online. We'll see, your personal branding is very strong as well. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I love it. I mean, listen, people say you can't say that on social media. Says who? Where's the fucking new book? Yeah. book that says social media Twitter, you can't swear on there. You know, yeah. if you don't like me swearing on there, fuck off. <laughs> you know what I mean? In the nicest possible way. There's a big wide world out there, and if, if you're unhappy with something, don't put up with it. So, I mean, other people try to tell me what to put on my timeline. I wrote on there, never trust a fat motivational speaker. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Christ almighty, I got, I got you know, a load of people going in there, you're fat shaming. I think I saw that one actually. Oh, great fun. I'd do it when I'm bored, <laughs> just to go stone it up. I'd be bored and kicking over a hornet's nest just for a laugh. <laughs> uh, yeah, from being a designer, I think obviously your, your logo is very good. Um, yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love it. Um, let, me say the story. let me say the story again now. Yeah, do it, yeah. So, my designer, um, he tried to create a prepper logo going back say 10 months ago or a year ago hmm. he can be two revisions and if he doesn't get it right after two revisions it's fucked it ain't happening right so <laughs> I'm the it and then six months later I get some email from him saying what do you reckon to this boom straight away yeah. six months between having that initial brief I parked it because it wasn't happening and you know what I did creatively it's a, it's a nasty one I mean I was with a designer yesterday working on the project I don't know if you saw my speaker secret thing um but, you know, he was up to his second revision again. And I said, look, this isn't working, is it? And he went, no, no, give me one last chance. Okay. Sure enough, he came back and he nailed it. Because actually, there's nothing worse from a design perspective than the client brief when it just keeps going back and forth and back and forth. You're either hitting it or you're not. Mm. So I am big on designs. And I'll tell you what I did with my full networking one, which is really interesting. When I started full networking off, it must have been uh, October two. Thousand five. is he worked at agencies, the top level agencies, and he did like worked on brands like twenty five grand. Right. And I said to him, I said, you know, what's the difference difference between a twenty five thousand pound brand and a thousand pound one? And he said, do you want the truth? I said, yeah. He said, twenty four grand of bullshit. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> and he did my um, my full networking logo, and I remember getting it. I'm pinning all my hopes, aspirations, and dreams onto the logo. Mm. I'm so cool. I start with a logo. I don't start with a with a brief or anything. I start with a logo. Every single business that I've ever started, get off your ass, was a logo. Just a logo. And I work backwards, so I'm quite a creative person when it comes to the creative design. And I understand the value of creative design. And it frustrates me. Well, it sort of doesn't. It doesn't frustrate me, but I think people who don't invest in creative design are missing a big trick. You know, if you can have two designs, and I've said this before, when there's two businesses, one looks amazing, the other one doesn't look amazing, but from a creative perspective, yeah. if you're faced with exactly the same price point, which are you going to go to? So in business, what do you need to do? And I've always, all I've ever wanted in life was an unfair advantage. And I think that's what my creative design does. It puts me in a field where, uh, a field of one, when no one else can compete. No one else is as ballsy as that. Design t shirts on now um, at college. I'm only 17, so at college, um, yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah. Well, sure. <laughs> so yeah, promoting, hopefully, promoting my business, and you know, maybe in the future, people will come back to me and say, oh, I remember that guy, and you know, come back and get a logo or something for their business. Well, well listen, I'd be interested in looking at your portfolio beyond this, so ping me, and I'll have a look at it and see if there's any angles we can work together. Perfect, thank you very much. I'll do that.
Uh, so is that, do you think that's one of the main things that businesses get wrong? Is that logo? Oh, I think I think <clears throat> I think there's something fundamentally about creative design. See, when we started with full networking, the, the font we used did missile strip, I think it's called. Okay. And I remember one of the other guys turning around and saying, Why are you installing fonts, TTF fonts, you know, to get that in there? Why don't we just use one of the standard ones? And I went, Are you serious? <laughs> he said, Yeah. I said, Why? Well, I said, Let me show you something. And they used the full networking part and I changed it to the bush grip font, right? <laughs> and I changed it to Arial. And I said, Can you not see that the difference that what that evokes as a, as a brand? You know, that's not modern. It looks like a freaking, uh, like a, a, the, the menu at a kebab shop. <laughs> so, you know, fundamentally, I've always been about, always been about um, perception. Because perception is reality. And if you've got a five-pound logo, guess what? For the price of a cutter, you look like a five-pound business. And I would say this, this is a great takeaway point. If you're not prepared to invest in your brand, don't get upset when other people aren't prepared to invest in your brand either. I love that. Yeah, I'll stick on a t-shirt. True. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so, if you were in my shoes and you had a business on the side of it, on the side of doing a college course, um, how much time would you spend on the business, and how much time would you spend on college work? Well, where are you based? Uh, you know, Guildford. Okay. So here's the thing, right? I don't have a, any education whatsoever, as in no formal education, right? And I would I prefer to have a formal education, of course, right? So let's not. I've lost you there. Olives, right? <laughs> you can get a degree, go and get one. But what I would say to you is this whether you get a 2 1 or a 2 2 or you get a fail, mm. if you came to work for me as a designer, I wouldn't give two shits about what, you, what your certificate says. Yeah. Not interested. I couldn't give a bollocks whether it's is it a fail, 2 1, 2 2. It makes no difference to me if your portfolio is on fire and live. So, yeah. so, so somewhere along the way, you know, I would. Propose that a smarter use of time would be to build up a portfolio rather than to build up a two-two or a two-one. And there's something also about running a um, a life. Is that any life skills that you get now will serve you? You know, I used to spend at your age, maybe not your age, but when I was 19, 18, 19, I used to sit in the fields eating ecstasy tablets right, at raves. Now. You know, most entrepreneurs wouldn't be talking about that as a, as a good thing. But what I would say to you about that is it gives me a grounding and a baseline of, a, of, of life to understand. And I wonder whether that kind of experience is actually expanding my way of thinking and way of looking at the world. Would I be the same person if I'd not done that? Probably not. So everything that you do at university, I'm sorry, or college right now, don't underestimate it. Be learning at all times, whether you're learning about your, your actual um, your course or, or your qualification that you're working towards, or you're learning about people. Mm. Or you're learning about the way you present yourself, or you're learning about. Never underestimate the power of learning. You don't have to switch off learning when you leave college for the day. Keep learning at all times. In terms of your business, you know, from a college perspective, when you're your age, you don't have to earn money to to, to um, pay for children or to, yeah. you know, you don't have to. So this is the best time ever that you can start a business off. You know, for you to be 17 to be doing a business now, my God, that's amazing. I was 31. 31 when I started the business off. So I had 14 years of dicking about before I got to the point where you are now. So that is a really positive thing for you to take away there. Now, in terms of what you should be doing to to um, to, to spend your business, you're going to need three things for you and your business right now, right? And every single time that you embark on a, a talk like this or you do a, 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 a job or you go to college, you're going to get one of three things. You're going to get assets, so you're going to get you know, a portfolio piece, or you're going to get a contact in the form of me or some content, or you're going to get cash, or you're going to get experience. So anytime you make a decision right now, you're going to get assets, cash, or experience. Now, where I'm at right now is I don't need any more assets. I don't need any assets. I've got enough video. I've got enough photographs of me. I've got enough material. I don't really need assets. I do because I want to, like this kind of thing. Yeah. I don't need any more experience in my field because I'm an expert in the field. And what an expert is, is someone who has made all the mistakes in a particular field and I've made them all. So the only thing that's left for me now is cash. So you get your assets to the top, you get your experience to the top, and then you've got cash. So these are the things that you're lacking right now. You're lacking assets and you're lacking experience. Once you get more of them, 
the more you've got of them, the more cash you can actually get for your job in the line. Yeah, exactly. Because obviously, I, I found out that a recent poll there suggested that you know the more that experience you have as a designer, you obviously charge more. And that's what oh, your, your friend yeah. said. <laughs> so just, just to be clear, when I started my first business off, not this one, for not for okay, but back in 2005, I ran an agency back then. And when I say an agency, it was me working at my box room. Now, I used to sell brand designs for £1,200 back in 2005 because I realised something, that actually it would be a whole lot better me getting one job at 1200 quid it would mean getting six jobs or 14 jobs at 50 quid. Yeah. So you end up limiting your time and your mental capacity and selling yourself too cheap. Well, yeah, I didn't think of it that way. It's fucking right, because if you're doing a 50 <laughs> quid job yeah. uh, and a proper one comes along, then what happens is you, you either one can't devote as much time to the 50 quid one or you resent the 50 quid one, you'd be better not doing it and actually keeping mm. your prices. See, the way that you get your price up is by saying no. When somebody says, will you do it for the price of a current? You say no. Now, once again, the dichotomy for you here, this whole piece where you need experience, you need your name out there, you need to be able to... So you've got to weigh that up. But I'm in a position now where, bear in mind, I can get paid like five grand plus to go and speak for 45 minutes. Yeah. Right? This is the same shit that I used to do for nothing. So what's changed? The only thing that's changed is my uh, assets and experience has changed. And that ability of mine to go, you know what, I'm not prepared to speak. So therefore, if you want me to speak, you're going to have to pay. So the only reason that I've managed to command that sort of fee is because I've been saying no to anything less than that. I like that. You see what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. This is the thing, you know, otherwise you end up being a busy fool running around the UK because you're trying to do people a favour or you need a portfolio piece. Yeah, yeah definitely. I'm definitely going to take that on board. Um, I, think, yeah. I think my prices might be coming up. <laughs> So moving on to for networking, uh, the 10th anniversary this year, as you said, um, right. travelled up and down the country, uh, yeah. going to different, <laughs> going to different events. Uh, how, how many was it? Twelve, or in the yeah. course of five days, Monday to Friday, an absolute blur. I have no idea what went on. I've been lying to you. I've genuinely, it's up and out blur, just just a blur. It's like going in a, in a sports car, two hundred miles an hour, just a blur. Yeah, it was a bit of fun though. Oh, great! Yeah. I've no idea what went on, <laughs> you know. And I think uh, I was just doing it to, to send a message uh, on the UK scene, which actually, for networking, um, you know, is the only network in the UK that allows you to have national national coverage, true networking, hmm. where we actually encourage people to go networking. So, for people who don't know, for or for, ne- for networking is uh, just quickly, can you summarise yeah, so, it? So, in essence, when I started my first business off, I needed appointments and. If I need appointments, every other business person needs appointments. An appointment is set in front of somebody, telling them about new services, at which point, maybe, just maybe, if there's a requirement, they'll do business with you. <coughs> so I started for networking up 10 years ago, which was a business networking uh, group, which effectively put um, appointments right at the centre of it. The great thing about four networks is it starts in the morning, you've got, you've got several ones, you've got breakfast, lunches, and evenings, but in essence, it's primarily a breakfast network. And it starts between 8 and 10, in the morning, so it's between 8 and 10, and then between 8 and 8.30, people just turn up, start uh, sign themselves in, have a coffee, meet, open networking, then we sit down, then we have the 40 second round where everyone has an opportunity to talk about uh, their business, so, hi, I'm Brad, I'm a marketing genius, what we do is this, this and this, I sit down, the next person goes up, and eventually it gets on to you. And here's the thing, what happens, you're in a position where you then make your way, we have a break after everyone's done the 40 seconds to go and grab a coffee, then you make your way to the three people you want to have a chat with, they say, Mark, could we have a one-to-one, please? Yeah, which number? One, two, or three. Number one, please. I swap my card with your card, with the number one row on it, and then you're left with a two and three, and then you make your way to the people you want to have a chat, and then swap your card, and eventually you get rid of three of your cards. You've got three of, of other people's cards. We then reconvene for a foresight slot, which is an insight, not a sales pitch, into a specialist field um, for 10, 15 minutes, just like an education piece. And then we have the three 10-minute one-to-one appointments with people. And it's such an easy way. To, to get over that social bit where it's difficult to speak to people you don't know. Yeah. With full networking, we make that difficult bit really easy. And it's that's the size of it, the reality of it. And we know we're over 5,000 of these events across the UK. And where full networking is better than any other network in the UK is the fact that we are, you can, as a member, you can go to any, any group. And it's like, wow, that just blows your socks off. 
Because, you know, like I say, I did 12 in a week. So everything yeah. from Leeds to Somerset to, to London to, um, to Manchester to Liverpool to Cambridge. And, and that's the thing, the power of this network. So do check out fornetworking.biz. So yeah, you uh, stepped down as the marketing director. Managing director, Man- yeah. Sorry, sorry, managing director. Um, was, that, was that a tough decision? No, it was a decision, no, it was a decision that I made, I made, I actually made it a year and a half ago. Um, and I thought there's no better time for me to step down than 10 years to the day. And actually, right, it was one of the, it was one of them where, um, you know, I had the, 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 the director of strategy, Jason Dutton, um, I handed off the day to day to him about a year ago and I had a sit down with me, my chairman a couple of weeks ago and he said, look, the news is in, Brad. You know, um, after a year without you really handling the day to day, and the, 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 the news is devastating. Yeah. Said, Go on. He said, "Yeah, we're twenty-one percent up. That's going to help me there." So I think the writing was on the wall. And if the figures wouldn't have been twenty-one percent up, you'd have been twenty-one percent down. It'd be a different conversation. So you know, if I love this organisation for networking, the network that I founded ten years ago as much as I say I do, then the right thing for me to do is to step aside and let someone take it on for the next decade. And that's precisely what we're going to do, is Jay taking it over. And I'm delighted. I feel, in some respects, vindication. I feel my mission is accomplished. I feel my mission is accomplished. And also, the fact that I'm now, you know, I'm still representing for networking. I still love for networking. I'm still the founder for networking. Um, and the fact that, you know, I'm actively, let's be honest, I'm promoting for networking now. So nothing's changed from that perspective. It'll always be my baby. I'll always have that, that legacy piece where, you know, I'd, I'd achieved something that everyone said I couldn't do. Um, but no, it's time to move on. And it's the right thing for the organisation. And it's, I need to spend some more time with my family now. That's nice. Is it? It's it's true. Quite, it's quite a waste <laughs> decision, isn't it? To, um, to, you know, to give it up to someone. You said it wasn't hard, but I, it must have been sort of hard to think it through. And no, it wasn't. Be, no, no, absolutely not. <laughs> and this is the thing. I, I knew it was the right thing for the organisation. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Uh, do you look up to anyone and uh, who inspires you? You know, I um, interestingly, there's one guy, a guy called Dana White, who's the uh, president of the UFC. You know, right. those guys... Put four, five, six, seven million dollars into UFC. Uh, they keep throwing money into it. Three years in, yeah. uh, it was losing money, and everyone's saying you're crazy. Why are you throwing good money after bad? Now look at a, a UFC. You know it's a half a billion dollar business. I understand. That's just shows you. So Dana White, I just love his uncompromising style of, of approach of management. Or giving it, I don't give two shits. I don't give a fuck. You know, it's just his approach is raw. But it's one that resonates with me because my approach is very similar, not as successful as our Dana. But I love Dana White. And actually, prior to today, if you said to me, who do I look up to? I um, I would have said Tony Blair. And uh, the reason I say prior to today is I've been reading some some stuff about um, Tony. And I, I'd love it not to be true. But, you know, it's, uh, yeah, Tony Blair was one of my idols because this guy, when he brought new labour in, uh, in 1997, really got me fired up. I was long-term unemployed. Tony Blair gets in. Things can only get better. And within within days, I'd, I'd got myself a job. And he, he proved something to me that belief can have a massive impact on, on yourself. So these two guys, real formative. And like I say, I do hope what I'm hearing about Tony Blair doesn't work out to be true. Yeah. Um, if you could have one skill either from Tony Blair or, or someone else you um, admire to, uh, what would it be? Oh, it's a great question. Um, you know, I'm probably more diplomatic than I used to be. You know, I use brute strength, not physically, but I used, you know, I was very good at making shit happen. Um, and I think diplomacy is probably one of the things that I've got better at. Um, I could always be better at diplomacy. So I'd say diplomacy, de- definitively diplomacy. But like I say, I'm certainly uh, leaps and bounds uh, now on the, uh, better than I was when I first started. Excuse me. <laughs> So um, you're testing out some new apps. I saw on your Twitter testing out some new apps like Anchor. Uh, how's mm-hmm. that going? Anchor's cool. You know, yeah. I mean, this is the thing. But as soon as these these uh, social media platforms start taking light, and as soon as you hear about it two, three, four times a day, that's the time to go and snag at Brad Burton. Because if I don't snag it, then one of my haters will. 
So I go and get every single one of these, you know, Snapchat, Brad Burton, uh, whether I use it or not. So Anchor's cool. Um, the other app that I'm on at the moment is My Fitness Pal. Wow, 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 yeah. wow. You know, I um, I didn't, I never checked my calories. I wasn't giving two monkeys about what I'd trained and how I did it. And actually, since doing that in the last week and a half, my calories have been to the to the to the number. So I've been, you know, two thousand two hundred last week. I'm now down to eighteen hundred uh, a day. And this calorie counter, uh, my fitness pal, allows me to to maintain that. So my intent is to lose some weight. I want to lose like eight pounds between now and March when I've got a big speaking gig, yeah. and I'm on track to do it. So what fascinates me about technology there is this whole way that it it forms part of your life. You know that you've got an app positively impacting on my health and nutrition. That's mental, mental. So yeah, I'm big on apps and. Uh, the new social media platforms, I just go land grab, get my name on there, me at Brad Burton, and then whether I use it or not, that's a different ball game. Well, you mentioned Snapchat. Um, so do you use it much? No, I don't get it. You know, I'm not done with kids. <laughs> I, I think, um, you know, it not seem intuitive to me. It doesn't allow any job pick up where someone like me, you know, I never got any instructions on Twitter or Facebook, although maybe I needed someone on Facebook because, you know, the amount of complex complexity that I had there, or Anchor. But Snapchat, I just it doesn't seem to have that, that magic, that X factor. Do you use Snapchat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I try, I'm trying to right. boost my profile. I need, someone, I need someone to perhaps talk me through it because I'm not getting my head around it. Or maybe just maybe... You know, there's a point where you need to be honest with yourself and say, right, which of your primary social networks stick with them rather than just, you know, spreading yourselves. Uh, what I want to do is go deeper on my networks, on my social networks rather than wider. I mean, I think with Snapchat, it's on about, it's about like creating that unique story, that unique video that's only going to be there for a few seconds. I think right. that's what it is. Um, that's why you're trying to I don't like that throwaway element of it. I don't yeah. like that. You know, I'm a bit of a hoarder of things and people, and that's the bit I like about um, Twitter. But you know what? If Snapchat works for people, then use it. You know, this is the thing about all this social media. Do what works for you. Don't listen to me. Don't listen to you. Do what works for you. If you like Snapchat, crack on. If you like Twitter, crack on. If you like Facebook, crack on. Have you, have you ever used Facebook ads? Facebook ads? Yeah. Yeah, last week or two weeks ago, I did about a 1,000 quid in a week, and... Um, I'm not really sure why if that makes sense. It seems like yeah, I'm just writing about this in my fourth book. Yeah. That actually, if Facebook ads are so good, why do people stop doing them? Yeah. Now I mean, and I'm not trying to be clever there, but you get people going, "Oh yeah, you know, I built a career on on doing these." Ads. Well, that's cool. Why don't I see your adverts popping up every day? You stop doing them because somewhere along the way they've stopped working. Because I'll tell you something: if there was anything in this world. In business, where you spend a thousand pound and get a thousand and one pound back, people would do it day in, day out. But there's not, there is not one thing in the history of of humanity in business as a sales driver that you can spend a thousand quid on and get a thousand and one back. N not one, not definitively, anyway. See, I'm debating whether to use Facebook adverts or not. I mean, do you think it would be worth it for a small business or no, 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 it's possible way. The thing is. About Facebook advertisement, in fact, about any sort of advertisement, uh, advertising, if you can afford to lose the money, go for it. Right. If you can't afford to lose the money, don't. Okay. Because this is the thing, you know, it was just a punt. I put a thousand quid on a, on a week for that four networking is 10 um, campaign. But honestly, can I honestly say that definitively we've got any business out of it? No. Right. Can I, you know, did I get uh, lots of likes? Yeah, lovely. But last time I checked, um, HSBC don't take likes for mortgage payments. Uh, so, yes, you recommend not like, not doing it. Um, so, how would you go about advertising? Would you just what is it word of mouth or is it? You know, once again, well, it depends. You know, you've got a platform like Four Networking. My platform there, yeah. set up a signature, go on there, say hello, get involved in the conversation, and it's like touch. You know, you don't. The problem is with spending money. On, on, on stuff is if you don't get anything back for yeah. that money you end up getting disheartened about you know and I'll have people now who watch this or re listen to this and say well I, I'm a, a Facebook expert sorry Facebook advertising expert and what if you work with me I can it's all bullshit I tell you the only people I got people all day long right I had someone turn on and say oh yeah I'm a Facebook advertising expert put 2,000 quid into them they said to me 
they'll triple my 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 thing here, my investment, triple, right? So I put two thousand quid in. Guess how much you got back? Nothing. Hundred eighty pounds, <laughs> right? So yeah. so they were telling me they'll triple it. So people, you know, the people who've got vested interest, I've got no vested interest. So that's what I'm saying to you. The best way that you can do it is when you're starting a business off or running a business is organically because then you realize you need to learn through your mistakes. And the only way you learn through your mistakes is by making decisions. By all means, do some Facebook advertising. But you suddenly think that fucking hell, somebody's going to go, fucking hell, can't believe that. I'm in the market for a logo. You know, where's my checkbook? Not going to happen. Doesn't. Oh, you might get lucky. It might be that you just land, land, land flush. But it's all about timing, you see. You know, I looked at your, your, your portfolio and some of your stuff on there is outstanding. But right now, I can't afford a logo that I need. Yeah. You see? So yeah. you need to create the conditions that actually that you are there in people's minds when people are ready to buy. And I think the danger is with something like Facebook advertising, or indeed any advertising, is it is a flipping of a coin. Heads yeah. tails, it goes your way or not. And actually, like I say, it's great if you can afford to, 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 for it not to work. If you need it to work for your business success, forget it. Now, you know what? I run for networking. I would say for networking is the best platform. I designed it based on that whole piece about the most economical way of, of finding leads and business. And we run these networking events across the UK. And I, I, Have you been to one? No, I haven't. I want to go to one. I was going to ask about Where that. Where are you based? Uh, Guildford. Um, so, yeah, I know well. Yeah. So yeah, go along. You know, we've got funny enough. We've got a guy who's fourteen. He's joined. Really? Fourteen year old. Yeah, 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 wow. yeah. Kurt Pitstone's son, Nathan. Nathan Pitstone. So he's on four networking. That's what I'm trying to say. So you know, go along and be four networking second youngest member, and just just <laughs> just look at it. I mean, you've got nothing to lose. It really pushes you out of your comfort zone, going into an environment of of, of people going shit. Okay, now what? What do I say? How do I present myself? And the only way that you'll know what to say and how to present yourself is by going. Yeah, I have to go on one. Um, I know there's one very local to me uh, in yeah. in a local pub. So <laughs> wonderful, yeah, oh, I to go. Perfect. Um, so Instagram, you're getting big on that now as well. Not really. No, you know, I don't see, I don't see the, I, I don't know how you build your Instagram followers. I've no idea. It's right. almost like a full time job, feeding feeding everyone yeah. on, on Instagram. So I, I've stopped doing that. All, all I do is just put shit on there that I see. Oh, look, a squirrel. Let's take a photograph. I'm not interested in... There's no strategy behind my Instagram account. I'm just taking pictures of stuff that I quite like. You know, as it happens, I've got myself a nice Boba Fett here, which will be... There you go. You know, he will be getting a photograph later. And, that, you know, there's no strategy behind it. I'm doing it because I enjoy it. I enjoy Instagramming. So there's no business strategy behind it. And that's like, it seems quite odd to some people because it's all scratch their heads. But what I think the strategy, if there is any strategy... Is to get people to like me for being me, yeah. And if they like me for being me, they're more inclined to want to do opportunities like this, or or, or buy my books, or whatever it be. So I've got no real strategy with Instagram. I'm not being strategic about it in the slightest. I think Instagram's big thing is is about personality and is trying to be mm. personal. Because obviously these individual photos of whatever you're taking photos of does yep. reflect your life and absolutely know, it's, exactly it's personal. Um, That's do you, right. Do you know a guy called Gary Vaynerchuk? Yeah, no, Gary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so you, you know, jab, 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 right hook, and that. Of course, it, yeah. I've got a copy over there. Yeah. Nice. Uh, do you do you believe in that that strategy? Oh, listen, it, it comes a standard to me. That's exactly yeah. what I did. Bright, you know, everything that's in that book, I could have written it myself. Genuinely, you know, it was, it, it, the difference between Gary and myself is he's managed to do it a whole lot fucking better. <laughs> you know, that's the reality of it. And he's a smart operator and yeah. real. Uh, pioneer in the game and big respect for him so absolutely the whole process of that where what I say is create the conditions where people buy rather than selling you know that's what I do and everything that I do when I look at my Brad camps they are sold as a result of the jab 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 right hook mentality yeah. but I've always been about that I've always been standard and it sort of I can't understand why everyone doesn't see the world that way as if it's yeah. some big revelation you know but that's that's a concept that I get off your ass same principle but do you say uh, that jabbing, as, it, as in giving, uh, would the be sort of giving links to your book? Because it's then sort of it's still it's, it's still buying, getting people to buy your book rather than giving something away for free. So totally. But you look at everything that I do. You know, whether I'm doing anchors or whether I'm doing a video, like the videos that I put on YouTube, yeah. uh, motivational stuff. That's jab jab. That's yeah. it. exactly that is. And then all of a sudden they'll then come to see me, hear me speak, or and then what happens is. You know, I'll go to the business show in, in London. There'll be 200 people outside that didn't get in. 
either one they've heard about me, two they just read the the, bro, the brochure, or three they've read my books, four they've been on social media, whatever. All these routes come back round, and as long as you you you've got your bottom line financials taken care of, you can afford to take pictures of Boba Fett and not worry about having to be professional. Nice. Um, so yeah, events. Are you going to do any in London soon? Uh, mainly Brad Camps or. Yeah, I mean, I've not even done a Brad Camp in London only because you have to remortgage your fucking house to go and get a property over there, you know, to right. get a, a venue. So, so actually, what I've done with my Brad Camps is I've put them in, in places that are economical and quality. And actually, if somebody really wants to, to come and see or hear me, they'll be prepared to drive from London to, to mid, the Midlands. Mm. So, at the moment, it's Midlands and Manchester. Yeah. Um, and I've got one in Somerset. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm not adverse to doing London. But it just needs to be, you know, if, you, if you're getting a thousand pound venue, in London, you know, you then you've got to sell three tickets before you even break even, plus your hotel, plus and before you know it, it doesn't make any sense. So you end up with a busy room, and the only one who gets paid is the venue. Yeah. So, so that's not what I'm about. You know, I'm about the easy life now, in the nicest possible way. When I say easy life, I, I just mean a, a no stress life. So actually, why? Um, what I, the first thing I open up with Brad Camp, every single Brad Camp that I ever ever done, the first words that I open up with is this. You've passed your first test. You got here. Because so many people said they were going to get here, and so many people, the reasons that they couldn't make it, whatever. So you pass your first test. So they're, they're, that's that's what Brad comes about, and it's basically downloading 10 years of my experience into one day. And it's the most cost-effective, in my view, economical day that anyone's ever going to have because I'm, I'm selling nothing beyond the day. I'm selling nothing. It's not like I'm saying, hey, guess what? Come to my frigging, you know, five-day retreat. Can I see 10 yeah. grand? There's none of that. I'm selling nothing. So I give as much value as I can. I empty my brain in, in one day. So is it, what is it? Is it like a, a room where you just speak to the people and they make notes? And Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a room where every individual, if you mind, Brad Camp 20, there you go. That's my 2015 book. Here's my 2016 book. Um, it's a room where I get 16, 20 people in there and I go through exercises which will really shake them up so that actually they can't bullshit themselves. Because what we do in our life, we end up lying to ourselves about our successes, about our strengths, about our weaknesses. And what Brad Camp's about is about shaking all that out. So actually, what you're left with is your true strengths and you know your weaknesses and how you go about dealing with both of those things. And actually, if I think about my true strengths and, and, and weaknesses, um, if I see now, 10 years on, I've, I've been shook all these things out. I know where to stand. Whereas back in the day, I was pretending that was something I wasn't. And actually, once you start being you and being yourself, that's when the magic starts happening. And that's what Brad Camp's about. So I've got two Brad Camp's. One, build a better business, which is an all-day event where we look at what you're doing and how you're doing it and to get more business. And another one, which is this whole piece about um, uh, be a better speaker. So how do someone like me, who doesn't sound like Charlotte Green at Radio 4, you know, how do I get paid thousands of pounds to go and speak at various, you know, international businesses? Yeah. And that's because somewhere along the way, the decisions that I've made, and I share them as well to see whether or not people who come along, whether they're geared up in order for them to be uh, speakers as well, professional speakers. I have to get my, get my test, driving test pass and drive up to one. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, I'm looking at it on bradbird.biz forward slash Brad. Bradcamp. Brad I'm just yeah. I mean, like you say, the great thing about Bradcamp is I don't sell anything. People just find it. It's not like I'm going, oh yeah, join Brad. I'm not interested. And this is what I do is that, you know, the way that I approach business isn't a sales, sales approach. I create the conditions where people buy instead of selling. Yeah. Nice. I really, I really like your approach to, to life and everything. It's just makes everything make sense. Well, you know, it's when you stop bullshitting and having to carry weight about being professional or being yeah. something you're not in order to succeed. And as soon as you let go of the ballast there, you're a whole lot more fluid, you're a whole lot more you. And actually being you is the best thing, the most liberating thing ever. Because when I worked, I was, I was, you know, worked in corporate, I was always lower to middle management because I could never conform enough in order to be a success in that game. So this is why I've done my own stuff where actually I'm daft enough to wear my own T-shirts and just... You know, and I've done okay. And actually, I just feel, you know, when I've got friends of mine who are still in corporate, they're not happy. They're not happy. And yet, they were the ones that said I was crazy when I started out on this road. And they wish now that they would have done it 10 years ago. Well, you said um, before when we were speaking that you named yourself on the website as the number one UK motivational speaker. Yeah. Um, do you think that should be done for 
well, for anyone listening? Um, you know what? You've got to be prepared Be prepared to back it up. So right. on my website, it says I'm the UK's number one motivational business speaker. I would put myself up against anyone in the UK. So I wouldn't be overawed by anyone in the UK, as in no one, right? So whether I am or whether I'm not, I'm prepared to stand up and actually put myself on, on a pedestal or, or on a stage with anyone in the UK and, 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 and thing. So, you know, what I wouldn't say is I'm the UK's best orator because I'm not. You know, I wouldn't say I'm the, the, the UK's number one sartorial gent because it wouldn't fit. I could never fit those shoes. But this one, it's a bit like seeing a £20. If you're out in a shop, if you're out in a shop once, and there's a £20 on the floor. And people are looking at this £20. And I'm thinking, why are you looking at it? What's the, you know, think about the psychology behind it. Whilst you're looking at that £20 note, if you're not if you're not you're not brave enough to pick that £20 note up, then you're not gonna collar me when I pick it up. So that's what I did. I picked the £20 note up and I put it in my pocket because no one else was prepared to go and do that. And that's you know, it's the same mentality with this. I saw if I said to 100 people, who's the UK's number one motivational business speaker, prior to me saying I was, you'd get 100 different answers. Yeah. So somewhere along the way, by me saying I am, you go and Google now, and guess what? There's pages upon pages upon pages of people saying I'm the UK's number one. Why? Because I said I was. Simple. Do, you, do you think it worked for my business? I, don't, I think it wouldn't be good saying I'm the UK's best design agency, because that's definitely not true. Right. But, um, but what, but what, what, what you could do is you could say I'm the UK's youngest commercial creative agency or whatever, and, and actually that in itself is quite newsworthy from a press perspective. Because actually they go on about first there, you know, if someone's saying, "Well, I'm 15 and I'm doing it," well, that's great. Have you got a, have you got a limited company? Or when was the last time you did? Well, I've not got a company, right? Well, I have. So that's the kind of thing. So so you being the UK's youngest creative designer or, or that kind of you know creative agent or whatever, running agency. Massive, massively newsworthy, massive. So UK's youngest. Creation. Yeah, you have to refine it somewhat, but yeah, yeah that, that kind of thing. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Um, I'm definitely updating that on the website. Yeah, totally. And actually, go onto go onto onto Twitter with it and say, you know what, yeah. am I the UK's youngest agent? And then ask the question, knowing you know, you fucking ask a rhetorical question, you know the answer. And even if you don't, so what? Get people saying, oh, you're really clever. It's just like humble bragging. So you go on Facebook, well, guys. I just realised something. I've just been talking to one of my mentors, right? And he just said to me, he said, I'm, I'm probably the UK's youngest uh, creative designer who runs their own business. Wow. Does anyone else know anyone? Boom. And then just put it on Facebook. Everyone will share it with your website link on there. Boom. Wallop. Done. So, so rather than you hiding from your age and people going, oh, yeah, he's very young. He's a bit wet behind the ears. You fucking embrace it. You run towards it. And you turn around and say, listen, you know what? I've not had 10 years of experience. But maybe, just maybe, that's why my design's so fresh, because I've not had 10 years of everyone else's experience and everyone else's life skills. And we're coming at this from a creative perspective. And you do a video, fucking hell, all of a sudden, this negative is turned to a positive. Massive. I love that. Thank you. Cool. Um, so let's talk about the future um, of Bride Camp uh, first. So where do you see that going? Is it going to involve any more? Are there going to be more courses? Yeah, so I'm doing Brad camps at the moment. Um, I, I think I've probably done eight or nine last year. Yeah. My intent is to get it staffed up, so I'm actually running them two a month, uh, Brad camp. Then I'm going to do a big Brad camp uh, at the end of next, sorry, starting next year, get everyone together, 100 people there, maybe 200 people, and then we'll have a really, really big Brad camp with 400 people. And before you know it, in five years' time, we'll have 2,000 people at the NEC or the XL, and we'll be Brad camping them all up and they'll be firing them up. That's me sort of, long-term, medium-term plan is to get this Brad Camp, this whole personal development thing done differently because it's so far up its own arse and people with a self-importance, right? And actually, where I'm at is I'm trying to be, you know, I don't have a qualification to name. The reality is I'm trying to throw that switch in every single person that I touch, not in that way, right? <laughs> but every single person that I touch. <laughs> uh, you can cut that. Um, <laughs> no, you, know, you can keep it in. Yeah, um, then every single person that I touch and actually get these people to go, you know what? Stop fucking giving yourself excuses as to why you can't be a success. Oh, I'm too young to run a creative agency. Fucking shut it. Right? No, you're not. It's an advantage. You've got a massive advantage. So this is what I've done. I've turned every single negative shitty thing in my life to a positive. And this is what Brad Camp's about, is doing that. So you stop beating yourself up over shit that's going on in your life. Start actually looking out and embrace that and do something about it. Oh, I'm on fire now. <laughs> and uh, all about for networking. I mean, you're the founder now. Hey. Uh, we still you know, always work, but, you know, you mean you'd step down as 
And you know, it's wonderful to see Four Networking surviving without me. Yeah. It really is. And you know, rather than being me pissed off with it, I'm delighted. I'm delighted that I do not, you know, that I don't need to every single day be sat on it like I once was. I've got an amazing team, and these guys are handling it a whole lot better than me. We had our best month in six years, I think it was. Um, so yeah, last last month just gone mm. today. Yeah, yeah, today. Um, yeah, and that's without me involved in day to day. So you know, it's all good. It's genuinely all good, and I'm delighted to um, I'm delighted to you know to be in a position where I can spend time doing more of this kind of stuff and Brad Camps and the speaker secret and stuff. Where do you where do you see the future of technology going? <laughs> well, question. you know, when I think about everything that has ever when I look at um, you know, look at the difference between uh, an iPhone 3 and an iPhone 4. It was that big step up. Yeah. <clears throat> and when I think about, uh, we're going to have to, there, there's nothing that I can see on the horizon. It's amazing when I think back to being a young man and uh, in the 70s or 80s, eight-year-old, nine-year-old, and he had a program on television called Tomorrow's World, and they showed you, you know, the future, what the future of, of, of technology held. Yeah. You know, apart from the flying cars, which haven't been realised, you know, there was there, there there was nothing left that I saw, you know, back then that hasn't arrived. So I'm I'm, I'm struggling to see any sort of future um, beyond what I already do and, and getting better and better and better and more streamlined. I mean, one of the things that I f- fascinates me about GUIs on, on apps is their whole efficiency. Of, of making a maximum output with as few swipes or clicks or presses as possible. And I think we're going to see more and more of that. The fact that my two-year-old or 20-month-old daughter can use an iPad, mm. just like, yeah, what? Yeah. And my mum, who's 74, who couldn't use a computer for toffee, you can give her an iPad and she's away. So that, for me, is the accessibility of computers and how fascinating uh, technology is. And I think that's what it holds. I think it holds. Uh, you know, more accessibility. But also, when you look at, I remember seeing a Raspberry Pi and they were talking about them being, being able to do them for under £100. And I was thinking, come on, you can't have a computer for less than £100. And now there's one on the front cover of a magazine for four ninety nine. Yeah, A computer with a processor, a memory, and an output, Oh, for fucking hell. <laughs> that, that's the bit that's just mind-blowing. Technology is, is making the world smaller. And so I, you know, when I think about the technology and that I can, when I'm on the road, I can FaceTime my family and, or oh, we can do this now. It's mind-blowing. So I don't know what the future holds. I don't know. And it's a gift and a curse technology. It really is. And I, I recognise that. Um, I, I totally recognise that. But it's the way forward in the same way the industrial age was probably a gift and a curse, you know, or the Bronze Age. Yeah, you said about uh, flying cars. I don't think they're that far away because they've got flying trains in Japan. So yeah, yeah, no, no, I, yeah. I see the what you call it. I see that, and yeah, also the, the the drones as well and the automation. Oh. But who gives a shit? The bottom line is, you know, I think what we should do is uh, it's all very well me saying this because I don't actually do it, but we should all. I'm not saying that. I actually walked the dog the other day. I forgot my phone the first time. And as long as I can remember, 45 minutes of walking the dog with no phone. And it was good. Would I go out tomorrow and walk the dog without a phone? No. <laughs> You've got to stay connected. Get it. Okay. That's true. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, I don't have any more questions. <laughs> no, no, good, good. Well, listen, that was, I really enjoyed that one. I think it was a really good... Uh, Pacey uh, interview and, and actually I just want to say to people the fact that you're 17 and you've reached out to me in, in order to, to connect is just mind-blowing I mean genuinely mate, just you want to pat yourself on the back because at your age like I say I, I wasn't living as positively as you are and I think you've got a real opportunity with your life now to, to be to, to make something really positive with yourself and I, I'm really looking forward to seeing your portfolio and seeing yeah. if there's anything we can do together Thank you very much um, What's on closing note, I think I asked everyone, uh, what's the best advice you can give someone apart from get off your ass? <laughs> it's be you. You know, be you. And the other thing is find your level. You know, not everyone can be Alan Sugar. Yeah. Not everyone can be Richard Branson. So I see people getting frustrated because they're never going to be there. But what you've got to do is just find your level and be happy with that. That's it. Perfect. Where can people find you? At bradburton.biz. Just go and Google Brad, Brad Burton and... Um, and you'll find me on all sorts of uh, platforms. 
Thank you very much for being on the show. You got it, friend. Take care. Cheers. Thanks. Thank you very much to Brad for being on the show back in 2015. Um, I can't believe it. It was that's three years ago almost. Wow. Yeah, it seems like yesterday I chatted to him and he, he gives some amazing advice and I love his story. Um, but yeah, it's something someone I look up to a lot. So thank you very much to Brad um, for all of the help he has given me in the past and his three books of uh, four books have helped me um, helped me a lot. So so thank you very much to him. Thank you again to you for listening to this show. Um, I appreciate it. This is a bit of a different episode. It's more of a businessy one. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Let me know uh, in the comments on YouTube if you're watching there or leave a review on iTunes. They really help. Also, if you could subscribe and share with a friend, amazing. Thank you very much. Once you've done that, then you can uh, send me a message and we'll get some stickers over to you, some Blue Dead Design stickers um, for anyone who leaves a review or, or a comment on iTunes. Um, yeah, so that's a bit of a motivation, hopefully. Thank you very much again for listening to the show. Uh, I might bring out some more archive shows like this, some old chats. Uh, I've got quite a few interesting ones, actually. Maybe next week. Tune in next week, next Tuesday, for the next episode of Creative Waffle, and I'll see you then.